Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast with Chris and Stu. How are you all? Good. Good, glad to hear it. So I've been given the job of doing some intros, so I'm on my own. Um, I dread to think where Christopher Glasson is, I'm probably up to no good somewhere. So, Mr. Responsible, Mr. Grown-Up, um, Mr. Whiffin is dealing with this. Today's guest, it's one of our sponsors. It's Bang Boom Creative and... We was absolutely thrilled to have him over. Normally, we just get parcels arrived from him. That 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 sounds dodgy, um, but he sent us an amazing present uh, when we uh, we've been going a year with artwork, toys, every possible crisp you could ever want, uh, chocolate, um, oh, just so much cool stuff. So it's been a pleasure. Um, having him on board as um, alongside Love Beer as our as our ongoing sponsors, and so it seemed fitting that he comes down and and does an episode, and it's a fantastic episode. When we get chatting to him in this podcast, you'll find out all the cool stuff that this guy has achieved and done within his company, and just strap yourselves in. It's a great chat, and before we do that. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Bang Boom Creative and Love Beer. And a big shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, if you like all the stuff over there, there's a couple of new podcasts there. There's one that I do on my own called Off The Beat and Track, uh, where I chat to guests about their creative journey and the songs that may have soundtracked that. And Brett Goldstein has a podcast so if you like your films and you like a super sexy man talking about films with amazing guests, go and check that out all over on the Distraction Pieces Network. Before we crack on with this, another shout out to Mr. 76 for producing this. Big love to Brad Acton for doing any video and art on this. Let's go on with the episode. It's Hardcore Listing with Bang Boom Creative. Drop that intro. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. 
Have you seen that? Have you seen that? <laughs> what? Have you seen uh, Who Is America? No. What's that? What with uh, what the new one that um, old um, oh fucking hell his name's just gone out. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, Baron Cohen. Oh, do you know what? I, I watched the first episode, mm-hmm. right? And and I thought some of it was really funny, and I and I really like him. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think they just put Bruno on Netflix and. That is a masterpiece of madness, <laughs> that film. Um, and I was really excited to see that he was doing something new. And then there was one where he went into like an art gallery and there was a woman in there. Oh, yeah. And who ended up trimming her pubes off yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt a bit sorry for her because <laughs> she weren't like a, a turbo jock. No. Dickhead, like he's no. exploited before or some no, no. right-wing fucking maniac. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was just quite on board with him and was yeah. just quite nice and I yeah. just thought oh man that's oh. that's a lazy target I just like it, it didn't do it for me it, if yeah. anything it, 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 it put you off a bit yeah I just thought oh, oh. that's a shame because I thought like I get it he's making fun of the art world there so it didn't that didn't upset me and I quite liked in this in this series when people don't bite he also shows that and they go like no yeah end of end of interview and I kind of like that but when we was talking about the blanket in the spare room have you seen any of it Luke I watched a little bit, but a bit like Stu, it kind of, I just, I felt it had been done a bit, mm. do you know what I mean? And, and I was, just wasn't, yeah, wasn't on it anymore. Yeah, yeah. great. Are we recording? Well, it didn't really make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thing has, yeah. Well, that, that voice you hear is today's guest. So, we've, we've, yeah, welcome to Hardcore Listing. We just uh, started with half a review of Hughes America. I quite like that. <laughs> felt, felt quite normal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm happy to roll with that. Um, Chris, you can introduce our guest. Introduce. Introduce. Hello. It's, we, we, we've been wanting to make this happen for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of our sponsors. Yep. Um, I am Bang Boom, Bang Boom Creative, and it's Luke, the big boss man. Luke, welcome. Hello. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's mate. lovely to have you here. opulent surroundings. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've bought a bottle of um, Hibiki? Yeah, I think so. Um Japanese whiskey, um, and I tell you what, this bowl of nuts here is the last of the box of stuff <laughs> you sent over uh, for our first birthday. Um, that is the last bag, and then we are we are done. Um, that was it. Was the most generous gift oh, I think we ever had. Incredible, yeah, incredible. Yeah. We uh, just kept digging. There was just more and more cool shit in there. You look fatter now. I do, I do. Oh, is it just that jumper? That, that jumper is, is, is rough. Do you know what? I've actually lost half a stone in two weeks. That's really good, mate. Mm. Well done. Is I, that all the running? And stuff? It's been a bit of that, and, and I've got back into a bit of sparring. So I've been sparring at weekends again, which is... Uh, Jacuzzis and the like? Or? <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> now it's done. <laughs> um, so we've had some whiskey. Um, a, uh, let's have a look. You're, you're not talking into the microphone, just to let you know. I'm trying to say, I've never heard this word before. A meticulous, meticulous? Oh, God. <laughs> what have you ever heard the word well, meticulous? Well, okay, what does meticulous mean? It means well thought through and pain, painstakingly crafted or carried out. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it clearly does. Um, do you know what? I'm, obviously, I've heard the word meticulous, mm. but... No, when you sort of see, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to dig myself in deeper. No, when you sort of look at something and it doesn't look how it should sound, yeah. that's where I'm at with this. Okay. But what I was going to say is a meticulous blend of the finest selection of whiskies is um, Habiki Suntory whiskey, which Luke has kindly brought round for us. And we've had a, we, we poured some sort of shot glasses because 
Luke, Luke's driving, so he can't really have too much to drink, mm -hmm. as are you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can get nutted. But um, we, we poured these on little shot glasses, and I, and I think, I don't know why, we just necked them, yeah. whereas we could have just sipped it and enjoyed it, yeah, but I think you, you just turned up and felt a bit nervous, I just went along bit, with the boys, yeah. didn't you? I, and, I, yeah, uh, just, you were both much taller, bigger boys, and I just felt under pressure. <laughs> it feels really odd to have a microphone in front of me. Normally I'm behind the camera, behind the mic, and I feel a bit like Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands and my face, do you know what I mean, being in front of this microphone like this. <laughs> so this is, this is a good opportunity for you to explain exactly what your company does. Well, we do a whole bunch of, we're a production company, video and photography production company, it's what we do, and we've been around for about eight years now, and I started it on my own, so Bang Boom is, is me, um, and we do a whole range of different things, um, we've got a really big kind of broad range of, of clients from kind of small independent little charities up to big corporate brands, and everything in between. Okay. So... It's kind of harder to define exactly what we do because it's like we're not like a, oh, we just take photos of women in their pants or we just take photos of corporate healthcare, whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But at the heart of everything we do, we try to make sure that the clients we work with and the things that we do have got some level of, of integrity because that's just really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and something a little bit different, a little bit, a bit creative. So, whatever we, you know, kind of where we move with our business and with our clients, we try and bring a bit of heart and soul in something different to what we do. And you have done that, man. You've worked with some great uh, clients, uh, children in need. You've worked with Katie Piper. Yes, you? yeah, lovely Katie. Yeah, fantastic work she does, yeah. Um, children in need, so that's probably uh, our favourite client, if I'm honest. Uh, the stuff that they do, the work that they do is absolutely, you know, fantastic and outstanding and has been at the heart of, of our business for, for about six or seven years now we've yeah. worked with them. So, yeah, it's been great. Um, is this coming across a bit wanky, a bit worthy? No, 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 not very nice, yeah, to be honest. A bit yeah, vacuous. totally, yeah. totally. You know, um, there's a lot of people. I mean, you guys know really well. Mm. A lot of people there grafting away, talented mm. people, and getting shafted. And mm. we know a lot of vacuous lot people. Of, the, guy, yeah. the guy whose network we're on, I'll oh, say. Oh. He's a vile individual. <laughs> He's horrible, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't love that game. So really, I mean, I've got to meet some of my musical heroes who do all, all that kind of work. Do you know what I mean, really, you know, so like Kanye's and. Flipping Buster and you met Kanye West. I did. Holy I did. Well, well, we yeah. can't. We can't. We'll we can't just skim over, over that. that. <laughs> we can't. How did that happen? We used to do lots and lots of work with One Extra and DJ Semtex in particular, yeah, right. and did like there in the early days. We kind of started the Semtex TV part of, Shit, right. part of what he did, um, and we met loads of people. Do that kind of uh, yeah. Kanye was one. Buster Rhymes, another one. Little Wayne, Buster Dizzy, Rizza, Public Enemy. Um, we did interviews Jesus. and stuff with, with all those. They had a bunch of those, especially Public Enemy, like my musical kind of heroes, you yeah, know, right. from, from way back. So it was amazing. Like, so doing that music industry stuff was incredible. Mm -hmm. But as you say, there, there was for me, there was something missing, and I always knew that my future wasn't just going to be mm -hmm. in that industry. It's interesting, that, isn't it? Your, your expectations of what you think is cool and that, and then when you actually get exposed to it, you're kind of like, oh, 
maybe this isn't for me. Maybe yeah, this is, this maybe is not. I don't want to actually spend all my time in there, and actually, you get more out of doing it with working with other with other organisations. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the music stuff, I still dip in and out now and again, um, but it tends to be through friends of friends. Like you know, we started working with. Julian Marley, and who's going to say loads of working with you know Bob Marley's son and being part of that, you know, it's because again, Marley is a massive musical yeah. hero of mine. Um, That's so cool. And it's nice to have those kind of links. And when you're doing that kind of work with those people in that way, it means yeah. something more. It's just yeah, it's not just another gig, you know. So yeah, um, but the Kanye thing was was years ago. Is when when he launched at, um, Stronger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is yeah. way before the Kardashian stuff, and yeah, before yeah, kind yeah, of lots yeah. and lots of things. And actually, do you know what? He was a really nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Really. And very, very normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was fantastic. Really yeah. good dude. Really good dude. How do you I become? Is it money that makes you that batshit? Do you think? No. I, I, I think it's a massive mixture. And and also like how sometimes they're sensing what he's saying. I get the rhythm of what he's saying. I also think there's a lot of propot like a little bit, mate. Yeah. A little bit of obviously a bit of madness there but maybe a lot of yes men i don't know i, I think he's such a he, he's such, there's so much going on with kanye it's difficult to sort of put him down into whether he's right or wrong about things whether he's mental or, or not he's a very co confusing individual but um the world's more interesting for definitely him. definitely yeah, yeah. you yeah, know definitely. so yeah. yeah you know keep on showing you crazy so horse he don't need any more coverage, does no. he? Do you know what I would ask, actually, just quickly? Is you, you do all these nice things, and then you decided to sponsor our fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask earlier. Well, What's going on there? Like, like I said, it's not all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Right. Um, <laughs> I love it. We love children in need. Are we another chariot? <laughs> Sometimes it's this bonfire of dog turds. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that as a caption on Apple Review. One of the own sponsors says it's a bonfire of dog turds. <laughs> No, I mean, the charity stuff is a big part of what we do, but it, it certainly isn't the only thing that we, we do, do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, sponsoring this, I mean, I was a fan of the show, obviously, you know, before becoming decided to do it as a, as a sponsor. How, how did you kind of stumble thing. across this fire pit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, the drunk cast, yeah, yeah without a doubt, yeah. That was how I found you guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I remember, how did, we just got chained first, didn't we? I think I phoned you up, and... And we was talking about, were we talking about doing videos together or something well, like that? I, I tell you, I tell you what, what, what made me kind of uh, think I want to sponsor that. Pity. So <laughs> there was a little bit of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for a good cause. But um, but no, this is, here's my career suicide. It was the moment when you did the podcast about the top five annoying things people do. Right. And you were yeah. talking about... Well, the Facebook one. Yeah, when people yeah. say the word Pacific... Instead of specific. And I think it was when the moment, it's sort of kind of a little quiet moment, and then Chris kind of said something like, You fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that, do you know what? That sums up exactly how I feel about that. Yeah. That's the podcast for me. So, yeah, it was, it was that moment right there. It was that moment right there that I thought, Yeah, I'm I in. love the fact I mean, that that was our, our kind of. Um, Heartfelt advert that we put out, you know. Do you want to sponsor us? <laughs> what a fucking cunt. Get me their number. Call cool. cool now. <laughs> oh man, look, I mean, we were so happy when you said Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, oh, we never thought that we'd get, um, 
we never thought we'd become a podcast, really. No. The drunk cast. Incidentally, we talk about the first drunk cast. My girlfriend found out about uh, Craig's trip to Jukes the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, have you never told me that one? I was like, well, it's a million reasons. Did you mention that on the first date? <laughs> I didn't. No, shame <laughs> oh, I guess My first date was uh, in a nightclub where I was getting my dick out, so she should have <laughs> guessed. But, yeah. Did you manage to pull it back by saying you was bigger than usual? <laughs> bigger than usual. <laughs> But yeah, we never expected that, mate. And um, obviously, your support helps us do this, helps us keep the patron going. And, Absolutely. And, and and as a result, as you well know, we've got money there, ready to go and, and ready to sort of like you know push us onto the on, on onto the next level. And so yeah, we won't we won't fill up the entire podcast with talking about schemes, but we we have. We have discussed with you filming some fun stuff. To, mm-hmm. Is yeah. that me? No, it's, it's me. Really me. It's me. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm professional. Talking, talking to our sponsor. <laughs> no, and your I, phone's buzzing. I don't actually know how to turn the vibration bit off. I can turn the sound <laughs> off. <laughs> but, um, well, I have no issue with it being in my pocket and yeah. buzzing away. Um, That's what she said. Luke, you're here for a top five, aren't you? I am. So, I am indeed. What, what is your top five this evening, mate? My top five is Cult TV from the 80s and 90s. Solid so choice. choice, mate. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that it's got an ish on it as well. Because yeah. when I went back to this, when I started looking at it, I kind of realised actually some of these things were being like pedantic about it mm-hmm. actually started in the 70s. Right. Yeah. And I never realised, because I was catching these obviously as a kid, yeah. maybe on like the rerun. So American yeah. shows yeah. that came on yeah. in the UK kind of later on. So... And also, I'm really awful with time. As I get older, you know, you've got that thing of something you thought happened last week. Yeah. Actually, it was like five years ago, yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. Time just passes so quick. So, yeah, it's an ish on that one. I, I ID people every weekend at my club. And there's people that are now 18 that were born in the year 2000. Like, that's three years ago, right? Yeah. And like, Feels like it. And now they're 18 and they're coming out. I just, every time I look at an ID and think, Born in the year 2000. A, I think, fuck me, I'm old. But I also think time is shifting. Yeah. Right. And it's just changing gears, isn't it? Your, your perspective of time as well just gets quicker and quicker as you get older. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it bloody frightening. I know what you mean, mate. So, like Some of mine potentially were, were started in the 70s. Um, did you also have any rules? Was there, When you said cult TV, was there sort of things that you said... I'm going to in- include this, but I'm going to rule these out as, as not... Yeah, I tried to look at stuff that kind of had like a, li- a limited run. So somebody that maybe hadn't had like, you know, eight seasons. Something right. that was kind of of its yeah. time, had a short run, um, a little bit niche maybe in places. Right. Yeah. yeah, cool. Mostly I just I was just trying to find stuff that I remember from a kid that kind of, you know, stuck with me or meant something to me or had some kind of influence on my life or career. Yeah. Um, and just stuff that I love, really. Are they in order from five to one being the best, or like just five that you rate? Ish, again. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's an ish, yeah. My number one's I'm torn. You what? Mine's I'm torn with my number one. Oh, okay. In level peggings. Um, so, yeah, did you have any rules, sure? You got any... any no, rules? no. I, I, I mean, if I would have had to... I mean, I've seen your list, obviously. Um, and I think two would have been on mine. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'll dot in some spaces as we go along. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Um, well, look, Luke, number five, let's do it. Number five is The Young Ones. Oh. <laughs> yes, that would have been, that would have been my number one. 
Yeah, I, th I, I, I just I didn't realise until because it's such a big like phenomenon now, isn't it? Yeah. it yeah. Most people will know the young ones and they'll know the characters and stuff. Actually, there was only twelve episodes yeah. ever of the young ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it had a massive, massive impact. And I think, I, but for me, I just love it because I think it was the place where it started a lot of my kind of childhood humour. Yeah. And humour that stuck with me and my mates like mm. to this day. How old are you, Luke? This is my fortieth year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you would have caught it. You don't look for it. Am I no, going to thank you, mate? You, you don't. <laughs> I, 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 I would have boss. thought about thirty-five. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Um, it's from then, from forty to forty-five, when that beard you've got will look like mine. It's going to start <laughs> going grey, mate. Um, well, I think we've got a daughter the same age. Mine, mine was thirteen at the end of August. Okay. Yes, so, my youngest is thirteen, yeah, and yeah. my eldest will be driving a car next year, which oh, is fucking Lord. insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got a few grey ones already from that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the young ones, I mean, I remember it coming out. And I remember I wasn't allowed to stay up to watch it. But if I was well behaved, and it was quite advanced for, like, for my age. And I remember my dad would record it on the, on the video and I could, I could watch it. And now all I want to do is go, have we got a video and start quoting the young ones. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I... I I just think it was a game changer for comedy as well. Oh, it definitely was. I think the way that they kind of put that show together, which is one of the things I like about it, I love the fact that it was just kind of balls out, all, all practical kind of effects. We were talking about, yeah. you know, early 80s and stuff where this yeah. was put together. And the way they, they just went for it, you know, exploding kitchens and bombs dropping through the ceiling, yeah. beds dropping through the ceilings, you know, exploding bricks and stuff, people's yeah. heads coming off on the train track. All of that was like cool practical stuff. And mm -hmm. you could tell it was a... A kind of group of people doing their bit kind of putting together all their creative resources and energy to make mm. something that had never been seen yeah. or done it just before felt so much better for that reason it felt frenetic and it felt arty in a way and very DIY as well yes. and I yeah. just prefer I just love that rawness of it like and it exactly was like that they were all coming together to make something and it was alternative right yeah, yeah. because alternative comedy weren't maybe Python but apart mm. from that, you know, when you look at what was going on in mm. comedy at that point, it wasn't very anarchic and it wasn't that exciting. You know, you still had little and large and, and mm. shit like that mm. on the telly and, and that come along and it was just like nothing else for, for you know, an early teenager. It was just the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. And I didn't get a lot of jokes either. I didn't really understand the politics behind a lot no, of it. No. And, you know, Alexi Sale, for me, I just thought... It just looked really funny. I didn't really get some yeah. of the stuff that, you know, no, the references, no. the cultural references and political references throughout it. But it didn't matter because there was enough puerile humour mm. and madness in it. Yeah. And, and let's not overlook the fact that each episode had a fucking cool band in it. Absolutely. Ah. Absolutely. And I think that was one of the things when I was kind of digging into the history of it a little bit is the guys that put the show together ended up getting more money for a comedy show because they put the music in it. Really? So it came out of the BBC, I think, what they call their variety show budget. Because right. in those days, the BBC put more money into variety shows than they did to the comedy shows. So they were cute about how they put oh. it together. So one of the reasons they had the kind of randomly dropped in band every week yeah. was because they got more money for that because they were classed as a variety show right. and not a straight up comedy show. Wow. And so yet it was just a comedy show. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was. They, they yeah. shoehorned the band. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, uh, who was it? I think Madness might have been on it twice. 
Madness, the Motorhead, The Dams, yeah. Dex's right. Midnight Runners, yeah. yeah, there's a few, yeah. Oh, absolutely amazing. And, uh, and, and, and I think, do you know what, there was a, I don't know if you saw it, but Aid Emerson tweeted um, about a month ago a picture of a train winder and he just said, travelling to blah, blah, blah. And he just took the photo and he those who know, know. And, like, and I just thought, that's so cool. Like, he's just sitting there looking at that window thinking, I put my head out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I love it. I mean, it's, it's the kind of it was, it was the forerunner to things like bottom, yeah. which again, like you know, as a te late teens and stuff, that was very much the humour that was banded around, like me and my mates, they call each other bastards and slapping each mm. other, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of where all that kind of started. Definitely, you definitely. know what I mean? So yeah, because yeah. Mike, see, Mike, oh, go on, go did on. you ever see Filthy Rich in Catflap? Yes. Yeah, because that was the kind of one in the middle. And yeah. I, I think that was on ITV as well. And I think at that time, like ITV seemed to, um, like, try, I think they sort of jumped on the alternative music thing at that point and, uh, and uh, had Filthy Rich and Catflap. And I think at the time, Girls on Top, which was yep, yep. Jennifer and. Uh, Dawn and Tracy Ullman, I believe. no, not Tracy, Ruby Wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I think that was one of them things that they, I don't know, I think it was a short-lived point where ITV thought, well, let's, let's get involved in this, and then obviously they, they just went back to things like Benadorm. Bo bottom, was, bottom was my discovery of it. Yeah. So I didn't see the young ones originally, and much like what you said, Luke, with, with uh, young ones forming your sense of humour, Bottom did it for us. Like, we were so excited knowing it was coming on and it was yeah. so rude. And I'll be upstairs almost on the point of pissing my pants with it, you know, what, what Rick Mao and Aid was doing. It was just so fucking funny. So I, I then went back and watched Young Ones. And the test of time, Young Ones is, is the superior. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad I saw it in that, in that, in that uh, order. Because it made me love Bottom yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> there we yeah. go. That's, the, uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's our uh, yeah, comment for this week. Yeah. And, and, you know... Rick Mayo, like, he's a like, just, it really is, isn't he? Yeah. And, or was, and, you know, even things like Drop Dead Fred. Mm. Oh, like, so good. You know, as, as a kid's yeah. film, I mean, I think we might have mentioned it on a, one of the podcasts, but can you ever remember when he narrated Jack and Ori? Mm, yes. And done George's yes, Marvelous Medicine? absolutely, yeah. It was one of the greatest things ever. No one watched Jack and Ori. It was just some stiff in a seat reading some book, and it was just like, bore off and then all of a sudden you've got Rick doing all the voices and just being really animated and, and, and at the time reading it looking like Kevin Turvey and <laughs> and, and reading George's Marvellous Medicine it was incredible yeah. uh, oh. who's your, who your favourite out of the young ones you got one uh, uh, Vivian Vivian. Yeah, I think it, I think it would be Vivian. Yeah. You know, eating the telly stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you can't. I mean, you, you know, TV lights. What are you going to do? Eat the telly. Eat the telly. <laughs> and he's kind of sat there with the with the plug hanging out his mouth. Yeah, can't beat a bit of Vivian. I Chris? don't think. I, uh, um, possibly Neil, because he's just fucking lame. Neil is the Ross of, yeah. from Friends. Of yeah. The, uh, yeah. The uh, young one's household, basically, I feel. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, Rick's pretty fucking amazing as well. How about you, mate? Rick, all day long. Yeah. All day long. Hands up, who likes me? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just a dance in them dungarees when he's like, hey, does anybody like the Human League? Yeah. And then he just, yeah, and then obviously the police come through and smash up the stereo. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about the young ones. 
watch it. It's only 12 fucking episodes. Oh, well, well, so have you got any... I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before, but do you know the... How many, how many housemates were there? Count them. Well, there was Neil, Mike, yeah, yeah. Aid, Rick, Alexis Sale. Yeah, well, he was visited, didn't he? He didn't live there. And then he? there was... Uh, what, was that? what was the hamster called? Special Patrol Special Group. Special Patrol Group. <laughs> <laughs> <It's PG. laughs> oh, it's just on the front of Eve's car. Um, um, do, you, do you know? Have you heard? Have you seen anything about the the extra housemate? Yeah. Who's the extra oh, housemate? His eyes. <laughs> I think I told you this. Is it what? I've forgotten it. No. I don't know. It had a name. If you what? It doesn't have a name. You know the ring. The girl in the ring with the dark yeah. hair over her head. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's a bad, there's a housemate in lots of scenes who's sat in corners and you can't tell, but it's a person sat there. And it's definitely a person. Fuck off. Yeah, I'm in, not in shitting you. Every episode, yeah. They wrote it in. And apparently some of the cast were oblivious. I think there was an interview with uh, the guy that played Neil a while ago. And they asked him about this extra housemate. And he's like, what are you talking about? I never noticed that. But they wrote in for every episode. It's supposed to be someone that went to a house party there and kind of, you know, got drunk and never went home. And they just sat slumped in the corner. And if you watch it, you can spot them in 100%. every every episode. Watching. Is it Neil's mate? The other hit, not Warlock, the other hippie? No, it's you just an, un, an unnamed housemate that never was know. never had a line, never did anything except sit with their head bowed, with their hair coming over their face in every Holy episode. Holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe that. Do you want me to show you a picture? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll, you guys fill in the, the gaps and uh, I'll, I'll get that one up. Favourite scene of the young ones? Ooh, I think the one that I remember the most, partly because I've got a friend called Neil, and, uh, and I can remember that it was an episode called, I think it was Sick, where Neil just kept sneezing and coughing and vomiting and stuff, and they just <laughs> could constantly just scream at him, stop it, Neil, stop yeah. it, Neil! And they did everything to try and stop him from sneezing and coughing, including like putting a plastic bag over his head, like gaffer taping it around and... Driving nails into his head, acupuncture and stuff. Yeah, so I think that's the that's actually off, out of all of them, and probably because of the stop it Neil thing. Because my yeah. mate Neil is 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 a 
stop it Neil kind of yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's that one I remember the most. Brilliant, great shirt, great shirt. There he is. Holy shit. We have a little crazy. pictures down there as well. I can't just... believe that. That's absolutely crazy. There you go, folks. We we freaked you all out with the uh, first edition of Bungle many moons ago. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. do you know what? Actually, do you know what that was released only? Uh, so as we're recording this now, uh, today we released the Big Papa J episode. Yep. And I did a quick sound check of it, and part of it I cut to was the bit where you've obviously revealed what Bungle used to look like on Rainbow. Not good. That's scary shit. Have yeah. you seen that? Luke? I have. It's oh. just, it's dark. Original it's Bungle, mate. You tree be all over. Original that Bungle. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to four? Yeah. What's your number four, bud? So my number four is Ghostwatch. Okay. Oh, so good. Have you seen this, Stu? Do you know what this is? Do you know that? Because at first, when I read Ghostwatch, I for some reason automatically thought you meant Rent a Ghost, and then I was like, No, I know what you mean. Did Ghostwatch like Yvette Fielding and all that? No. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Ghostwatch. Was, has only been on telly once and never yeah. ever shown again. Was this the one offering that freaked the nation? Yes. Right, I ha yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, now I know what you mean. So that's why it comes in my category of, of, of cult TV because this yeah. was a one off. It was on like Saturday night, wasn't it? It was, yeah, Halloween. It was yeah. on Halloween in 1992. So I was still in school back then. Um, and yeah, it was, the setup was it was a live kind of ghost investigation and it was uh michael parkinson was kind of the anchor for it and they had kind of the current like tv host of the time yeah. sarah green That's mike sarah smith green. Yeah. craig charles is there as kind of roving reporter type thing mm -hmm. and they were investigating a supposed haunted house and poltergeist kind of thing going on in in london and the idea was you know they set it up but they played it completely straight yeah. So in, you know, if back then, if you're looking in your Radio Times or a TV guide or whatever, or looking on your, your C-Facts, it would have said live kind of ghost investigation sort of thing. Not it wasn't nice reference to C-Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, hey, real, hey, hey. real throwback, throwback stuff. Um, so, yeah, so nobody really knew it was a drama. And they played the whole thing out as if it was real. Um, and it was kind of, it had those BBC production values of the time where, it was just shit enough to look real, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, I think that's why it was kind of really convincing because it was just naff enough that it felt like a bit of a clunky kind of live TV production, a little bit of delay in cutting from the studio off to the location and back again, that kind of stuff. And they'd set up fake, like, fake phone lines. People like, if, if you're experiencing something funny, you know, right. weird, ring in and tell us, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it absolutely scared the pants off That's almost the entire nation yeah. The, yeah. i think the calls that the bbc got on that was, was through the roof on it I, I remember the responses were just like it literally freaked the nation i just think you've got to mix it up a little every once in a while and well done to the bbc for doing it because it was petrifying but i think you know, it, you know without going away from it for too long like even things like people stumbling across watching um like partridge or the office that they were things that mm. threw people as well, uh, weren't they? That like, had you not realised, you was watching it. You was people got sucked into like, is this real? Like, yeah. Well, the first the first time I heard, and I, I've never looked into any history of these sort of hoaxes. Um, it's just one I know of is uh, when they did War of the Worlds on the radio yeah. back yeah. in the day. So this was ages ago, but you were probably early early thirties. Early thirties when this <laughs> happens. 
But didn't they, like, loads of people thought that what they were hearing on this radio broadcast was the end of the fucking world, mm. basically. Um, so, it's crazy. There's a few movies, like, obviously now movies get a bit more tired with it and everyone's kind of like, mm, yeah, all right. There used to be one called The Last Broadcast, which came out not far after Blair Witch. Mm. That done me a good and that. I tell you, I, I watched spooked. I watched Blair Witch for the first time ever. The original. About, about three weeks ago. Did you? Never seen it before. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I um, then I watched the second one. Mm. I didn't really enjoy that that much. Yeah. That's but, the porn parody, um, though. Watching with the kids. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty yeah. decent. <clears throat> yeah, I think I've said on the podcast before. It was the first night I did acid. Was watching Blair Witch. Walk through the woods. About to take the edge off. Yeah, to <laughs> when he took the edge off. <laughs> um, you saw last bro- broadcast, did you? Yeah, I, I have. I've, I mean, I've always been a real fan of, of of kind of spooky stuff and the paranormal and you kind of horror films and stuff. You know, um, and yeah, the reason I picked this is because it is it was before things like Paranormal Activity yeah, yeah. and the Blair Witch, which yeah. kind of. You know, and I think if you watch Ghost Watch now, you will see so many of the references from that. You know, the filmmakers have taken in, yeah, into stuff like Paranormal Activity and the Blair Witch and stuff. It really was a real amazing piece of work at the time. Who was behind it? Do you know? In terms of the, what production-wise, oh, who, who's, whose concept was it? Like, to, you know, any idea? I don't actually know. I mean, it was an in-house BBC thing, and I can't remember the fellow's name that um, sort of produced it as a. As a Two, like two writers that, that kind of put it together and I wish I could remember their names but I do remember them going on there was a show that I, uh, when I was doing a bit of homework on this they had a whole show because uh, I got so many complaints they had a whole BBC show dedicated to the complaints about Ghostwatch I think it's called Bite Back yeah. and you had members of the public that have come on there to tear into these, the producers and the writers of this show saying how Utterly irresponsible it was, you know. My husband's shit. He's actual pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. When I remember, because I was still in school, it was you know been Halloween, and and me and Mike we'd been out to a party the night before, and we'd retape we taped it, and so we it was the following morning coming back from the party that we sat. No. In his living room with the curtains drawn to watch it. A little bit jaded. Yeah, <laughs> and kind of you know, oh, wow. and the, and the, for the first kind of ten minutes we were locked in like. I can't believe it. This is it. You yeah. know, we finally see this. This is evidence of terror yeah. and all. Like, we yeah. were beside ourselves, yeah, so yeah. excited, thinking, wow, finally, it's something amazing. Yeah. No social media as well. No, no not at all. So we were well in, totally convinced. Of, so, and then it gets, the acting starts to creep in, and you start to think, is this really mm. real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit wanky. <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah. And then it all kind of definitely falls apart towards the end. Yeah. But yeah, for that first 10 minutes, and probably about 30 minutes in, you are absolutely yeah, kind of convinced that this is this is a real that's business. The hair on the back of your neck, sort yeah. of moment, in it. It was that. As soon as you know, you, you do sort of like your, your suspension of disbelief goes. Yeah. It's, it's all over in it for you. But has there been anything since on TV that's pulled people in like that? Not, not like that. I don't know. Like they obviously went did well as we know. Well, no, one of our um, favourite guests, Gal Porter, has done a, a fair bit of ghost hunting in, uh, herself. But. Mm. That, yeah, no, not like that. Not that sort of prank. I don't know. Not that sort of prank. It was obviously like be all the gotchas and beetles about. Yeah, but that, they, they, they weren't necessarily. There was always the audience was in on it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and they were pla- they weren't playing it dead straight like like this was. It's, you know, it's the, the lawsuits, isn't it? It must yeah. be like you know those geezers probably got fired who wrote it. Whoever mm. come up with it, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they secretly were lauded. I said, this is genius. I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the 
best bits of PR probably the yeah, BBC yeah, production probably ever had for a long yeah. time but yeah incredible bit of work I think it definitely that kind of spooky stuff influenced like my career going forward because I did about a year as a camera op working with this local ghost hunting group called, no way yeah oh, called called, called ghost search uk and every weekend they'd go out to like a stately home or a pub or a listed building and they would do i guess it followed the kind of format you might see on shows like mm. the the most haunted and that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. was that the one we filled in as it well, was yeah right. absolutely yeah but without people kind of banging on pipes in the background mm -hmm. you know what i mean or reacting to somebody farting down the corridor. You so know. did you see anything of any note in your time doing it? I definitely did. Really? Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, without yes. a doubt. Without a doubt. It was a, I won't lie, it was a real kind of 50-50 mix. Right. So if you, if, I, if you ask me the question, do I believe there's something else? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. What it is, I don't know. Wow. So what did you see? Ah, oh, um... There were so many different experiences there. I remember my, my first night really clear. So it was run kind of like a father and daughter kind of pairing, and it sort of, and they were both mediums. Yeah. But these, so was it just you, or was there like they they did groups? So they kind of be the father. The father would take one group, the daughter would take another, and they had kind of guest mediums that would come along. And so there'd probably be about 50, 60 people that would attend one of these right. events, and they would right. break off into little groups and go and investigate different areas, different right, rooms right. of the of the venues that we, we were in. And my first night, I remember, they did like a little briefing and everyone had walkie-talkies. And I remember them kind of saying, right, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to split up into groups and we're going to go in there and we're going to hold hands and we're going to do like a little seance and see what we can find. And So at this point, to interrupt yeah. here, had you thrown yourself into it? Was you like, right, I'm going to go with this? Or was you being a bit cynical? Or was you thinking, I'm... I'm I want to see something. I'm uh, going to throw myself. Oh, I wanted to see something. Right. I thought more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, absolutely. But but I had one kind of cynical eye on it as well. You know yeah. what I mean? I just thought I'm going to. It's it's going to take a lot to convince me. I want sure. to see something, feel something, hear something that's undeniably yeah. different. And yeah, the first night. They kind of did a little briefing, so right, we're going to go and do this, we'll go and hold hands, and we're going to imagine this white light passing around the group, and we'll generate some energy, and we'll see what we can get. Okay. And they said, don't worry about anything, because as long as you're in the circle, nothing can harm you. Don't be scared. As a camera operator, are you in the circle, <laughs> no, or are you filming the circle? That's exactly the point. <laughs> so I'm in the corner of this room, we're in this really old pub, and I'm in the corner of the room looking at the circle, and these are night vision cameras, so it's pitch black as well. Oh, really? And it suddenly occurred to me, I'm on the outside of the fucking circle. <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I'm the only one that's apparently not safe. And so this, this lovely fella, Pete, who is the, the, the medium, he starts kind of doing his little seance, kind of, you know, Constructive everyone past the white light, pass the energy around the group, kind of generate some energy, and we're going to see if we can make some contact or whatever. And then nothing really was going on, and it started to. I was thinking, is there a draft in here? Because I started to feel like little wispy kind of drafts and things, and things passing around my face, and I was thinking, this is a little bit odd. And then Pete, the medium, just says to the group, I'll be back in a minute, and he leaves the room. And as he leaves the room, he says something to me, but as I'm, as my, my brain's full of, I'm outside the circle, I'm outside yeah, the circle. Yeah. And I wouldn't really clock what he said. And a minute went past, and I realised he said, press that emergency button for me, would you, mate? And then I sort of, 
oh fuck, because we had these little emergency red buttons on our walkie-talkies. So if something went wrong, you'd call the other group and they'd come and rescue. Fucking hell. So I stayed. So are, are you like locked in a room or? No, you... no, we're just, you know, in the room with the door, door yeah. shut, and the yeah. wind, you know, curtains closed, lights off. So I walk out onto the landing of this pub and there's Pete, the medium, on the floor, collapsed on the floor. <laughs> Right, out of it, gone. So I rush and grab his daughter, and the next thing is just absolute carnage. Then all the sort of mediums come running and get Pete onto bed, and they're sort of doing a basic kind of exorcism of Pete now <laughs> in this on the in the bedroom of this pub. Um, and they were like calling forward his spirit guide to come and get this entity that had got into him and expel it and stuff. And it was all, and that was my first night. So it was all quite Jesus. dramatic. Fucking um, hell! And you know what? And, that was so that so I kept with it you know for say about yeah, a year because yeah. it was and I thought I wonder if any of that was for my benefit do you know what I mean like new mm. boy let's let's kind of ham it up get a little bit buy get to buy into it, it yeah. you know um but I have to say that like, over the year that I spent with them they were absolutely genuine because they weren't kind of um there was no readings going on it mm. wasn't like you pay 20 quid and come we'll, we'll tell you your future or yeah. make contact with your granddad or whatever and, and talk to you about you know yeah. how to pass your driving test or we and its boyfriend's going to come from they completely believed that they absolutely did and i say there was a real mix of like comedy things where because you've got a lot of people that came looking to find something yeah you know and, and everything was assigned to them so yeah yeah i know there was one time where somebody could have been me Farted in the room, and and, th and three people in the group were like bent over, going, "There's a smell in here. There's a smell in here." Well, you know, this is some something's going on. You know, thought yeah. there was some kind oh, of contact, yeah. or there was a time when somebody came along and they claimed also to be a medium and had made contact. And every now and again, there was this noise in the room that was like, "Tch tch," and, and they and they were and then and they were kind of like, you know make that noise again and they sort of put a question make two noises for yes one for no and then think of, tsh, tsh. and then after about 10 minutes of this investigation turns out they've been talking to a, a glade plug-in that, that was, <laughs> that was uh, like automatically spraying every now and again oh, this little puff of smell you can smell something yeah <laughs> so, you know and it was there was stuff like that there was there was a lot of a lot of stuff like that but there's also stuff that i couldn't possibly explain yeah. you know uh, there was one time when because i was partnered up with with kind of pete he was that was the guy that i was regularly filming with and and he was a really sweet guy and there were times when he sort of channeled the spirit allegedly of someone that used to live in the area and sort of had me interview him on camera and the stuff he came out i mean unless he did a real good job of doing his homework yeah. do you know what i mean then he was the stuff he was sort of coming out with couldn't really be explained yeah and i did see sort of mists and things that's kind of formed human shapes appear in front of me on camera right. there were voices that appeared on on the recordings and things that weren't there at the time wow um there was oh a lot God. of that kind of stuff that, that came through but so there wasn't any and you'd know because you had the footage yeah I mean? exactly so but there was no agenda from these guys at all to kind of say ripping people off for money or pretending yeah. to kind of talk to them about their future and there was no mention of jesus or anything yeah. i mean their agenda was literally to kind of genuinely find out if there was something else out there after yeah. this life that we've got yeah. um holy shit yeah. that's amazing have you ever heard the record the original recordings from the enfield haunting yeah it is fucking oh my god i was having a, like, a night of like insomnia 
<laughs> just the thing you to put you sleep. <laughs> and it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, why am I about to play this? Because even my finger like was like, I'm not sure if I want to listen to this. And I must say, what the two, fuck was you thinking? 2 a.m. listening to that was awesome. Because <laughs> I love horror. Yeah. But even I was like, this is pretty real. <laughs> I feel wow. like that is terrifying. And I think when did, you did hear you, stuff did like Did you that, manage to come? Uh, I had to listen to it twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I stopped punching my mum in the face as soon as I came. <laughs> did you? Um, <laughs> did you watch the 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 adaptation, whatever you want to call it, of, of, of that with Timothy Spall about three or four yeah, years ago? Absolutely. Thought, oh, fucking yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, really good. Mm. Really good. I mean, I, I there was a the guy. Uh, who's in in that the, the sort of journo guy? Yeah. There's a there's a book called This House Is Haunted that he wrote and published years and years ago, mm. and gives you the full and kind of proper account of exactly what happened. And actually, that the the Sky adaptation is is pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. I mean, there's a few bits obviously that worth have been overplayed. Definitely worth a right. read because again, he's not pushing any kind of agenda. Yeah. yeah. To kind of convince you one way or the other, yeah, he yeah. just tells it as it is and what happened, um, and he, you know he also kind of explains you know because they've made a few films like The Conjuring, haven't they? Yeah. Conjuring mm-hmm. Two, which kind of they say is loosely based mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. which is complete bollocks. Yeah, it gets a bit, it gets a bit extreme, doesn't it? That movie, mm-hmm. basically, whatever whatever number it was. Yeah. yeah, but no, it's definitely definitely worth a read that one because it's really interesting. Gal has, and this was one of the things we were going to potentially video, but Gal. Porter has got good contacts at the catacombs, hasn't she? And I I met with Gal two weeks ago. Oh, of course. And she has been approached by them again, leading up to Halloween, and she invited us all to go and do it. Oh, come on, let's do it. Do you reckon they'd let let us film as well? Because you're going to lose your... Because your your arsehole's going to go. You're going to start crying before me, mate, I reckon. And I just want to capture that on So this is when I suggested that we went out and filmed and done a Ouija board. You went, I ain't fucking with that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing a Ouija... I will do... I I I don't know. I've never done one until this point. (laughs) And me being up for a crack. Right. And now we've got the podcast. I'm prepared to sell my soul. Brilliant. Um... And do it okay. possibly, but okay. I have never done it until this point because yeah. genuinely I've I thought that there's no spirit that really wants yeah. to get in touch unless they've got a, they're not happy. Yeah. Um, but you know we've got listeners now. Yeah. Can't disappoint them. But and in terms of filming, I think that was something we discussed with you, Luke. It yes. might be pretty. And given that you've actually got a background in being able yeah. to film in the darkness. Absolutely. That could be something really, really fucking funny. Oh, see, well, so I mean, we have that. to have a bet or something. We've got to do so. There's got to be a stake between me and you. Yeah. We, who, we, who loses their nerve first? Yeah. We we. What get, minute in do you drop to your? Knee? I think we should have a scream off, a scream count. I think we should. Um, That's great. Take a photo of uh, white pants before we go in, <laughs> <laughs> and then another shot on the way out, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Most, abra- abra- most abrasive skid is the loser. <laughs> <laughs> but Scream Off is brilliant. Scream Count. Okay. Who, who, who's, who yelps the most? But she I was, she was saying we could bring those people. So, yeah. um, right. A, my wife will lose her shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I reckon Pip might be a bit of a howler on the quiet. Jacking. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, you know, we'll ask if he wants to come along. Yeah. It'd be most entertaining. Okay, okay. All right. Um, Sick. Number three, Lou. Number three is Monkey. Oh, good shot. Monkey magic. 
Yeah, he is great, isn't it? Oh, what did you said about date sensitive? Was that the cusp of the seventies? Yeah, I think mm. I think, and I might be wrong, but I think it was kind of like seventy eight when they mm. first started making it. Um, but certainly, I remember it much more in the kind of BBC Two tea time slot in the late eighties. You know, coming home from school, a bit of homework, a yeah. bit of dinner, and then Monkey would be on along with things like Ren and Stimpy. And stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, it used to be on, if I remember rightly, sort of mid-morning to like Sunday lunchtime when I was a kid. Like, and and it was one of them ones that was just, like, I remember thinking it was probably the first sort of Japanese, or was it was Japanese? It was Japanese, yeah. Japanese television I'd, I'd ever seen. And, and... I couldn't work out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and I remember Pigsy fucking scared me. Yeah. He was a scary guy. Naughty sex pest. That's why he'd become a monster. He'd yeah. be punished for trying to Is that harass, right? harass someone, the princess, for a kiss. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. But it's he was a, like, it's very complicated. Like, Eastern cinema is so different to Western. Like, when I first started manga, I think I must have watched Akira five times. And that's what, fucking two and a half hours, three hours a shot. Probably five times before I really got it all. The, probably the first two, I was still like, I liked it, I'm not sure why. There's a really cool motorcycle in it and that guy's a badass. But it took me ages. And the more like anime or manga or Japanese Chinese cinema, you start to understand that their whole folklore, their whole value systems are so fucking different to our own that it comes out in the storytelling. But yeah, my monkey's fucking. It is very mental. Like I didn't understand it as a kid. Oh, I had no I idea. What was I going don't on. think I ever understood it actually. And I think part of that might be the way it might have been dubbed. Do you know what yeah. I mean? From, yeah. It might have been a very direct translation because Japanese produced program, but based on a Chinese novel yeah. called Journey to the West. So it's all this kind of stuff about the legend of the Monkey King and stuff, and how yeah, he kind of gets kicked out of heaven, and you've got these different characters as Sandy, who is the a water monster and also an ex cannibal. Used to so used to be a cannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really? yeah. Did he have like human bones as a neck? He did. He did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Sunday lunchtime. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. 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 And Pigsy, the kind of sex pest pig monster, obsessed with lust and gluttony. Mm -hmm. He'd been. It's like Chris had been expelled from heaven for harassing a prince, a star princess, for a kiss. So it's, it's some really weird. Tippy tackle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that was the the monk. So yeah. I think the the premise of the story, which again I had to look this up because. Watching it back as a kid, I had no idea really no, what was that, going on. I didn't think of there was that. some fun stuff, like the best, I think, mm. and well, the funkiest theme tune, oh, that's opening theme tune to any telly program yeah. mm. ever, maybe. Um, yeah. And then you know you've got this kind of monkey guy that flies around on a cloud. <laughs> you know, kicking ass. Yeah. You know, having fights with pig monsters and stuff like that. You know, it was amazing. But yeah, apparently the story is kind of they're on some kind of pilgrimage, a journey from China to India to do something. Don't know what. I don't. Know, I never. I don't think I ever saw the end of it. I don't know what the no, kind of resolution. Idea. But no, it's one of those things where. And what I like about a lot of these shows is that. Lily Sobo style. Exactly. Like. What happened to that dog? Yeah, it's like. You got kind of a story of something in where it was 45 minutes an hour, end to end. Simple things, you know, just mm. done. Not like Lost, or it's like, what happened this week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, man, sat on an island and twiddled his thumbs. Tune in next week, folks, and see yeah. what happens when he yeah, might yeah, get up yeah, and, yeah. you know, have a shower or whatever. It was kind of like, 
everything happened in that hour. Here's a story. This is what. I, this is how it starts. That's how it ends. Done. Bosh. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you've got that kind of hour of time off or whatever. Yeah. I was thinking to something as a kid, and it was just fantastic. You didn't need to know what was going to happen next week. Yeah. Or the overarching the, story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just got yeah. to got to enjoy it. Yeah, it had that simplest. Uh, uh, yeah, that simplicity to. Even though the plot was mental, probably because they they start they said right basically there's this monkey right he's actually made of stone he was born on an egg on a mountain top and then they wrote all that and went that, well we've got no idea how we're gonna find a resolution to what we've just come up with yeah. let's so, just put subtitles on and release it in the UK <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I won't have a yeah. fucking clue basically someone it's got a good chin with some kung fu in it I love it David Lynch on acid it was exactly like that like you say that intro is like real kind of like real long kind of sprawling thing right. with lots of theology going on and stuff mm. and then it kind of pauses and then it just goes yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like they sort of ran out they were like what comes next oh fuck it Mugger! go flying cloud punch kick it go flying oh, you know it's kind of like you didn't need to know you didn't need to know Oh, genius. genius. I mentioned Lily Sobo there. It's lucky that Lily Sobo, I'm hoping his story didn't end in China. Because uh, obviously the Chinese. I think it ended in Battersea. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, Monkey it's was amazing. So that, that, that was like when I was a kid as well. So, I, um, as you well know, I'm, I'm a qualified black belt. <laughs> and oh, uh, yeah, no, I studied it. I was a big deal. And. Um, oh. And that, like, monkey was very much a stuff because my brother was like, did Wing Chun and Kung Fu and was always swinging nunchucks around the house. How was I never going to want to get into that sort of shit? Yeah. And he would put monkey on. Yeah. And it's just, oh, fucking hell, it's so think, exciting. It was definitely my introduction into, well, I, I guess Eastern cinema, but also, like, all of Kung Fu and, and it, all that. I think it was for pretty much everyone yeah, because yeah. it was like, there wasn't anything on telly like that. No. And, you know, it was seeing someone doing, like, that sort of stuff was super cool. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you'd be lucky to enter the dragon might have been on telly and you, you could afford a video and you had, a, you know, you could watch yeah. that. But yeah. you had, um, what was it? It was a show called Kung Fu with David Carradine in. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. but that was boring as fuck. It was. Like, <laughs> no, do you know what? I've never seen it. Never yeah, well, really I just expected it was just going to be kicking ass all the yeah, time and it yeah, weren't. Yeah, it had plot. Like, and I was like, yeah. monkey, ain't it? Monkey's totally put aside the plot. Exactly. It's effectively <laughs> Teletubbies with nunchucks. That's all it was. A man with a pig face. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the whole kind of mid-90s thing when, you know, I guess around the time of Sabotage where everything was kind of retro and it made a massive resurgence, monkey, didn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it probably got a DVD release and... You know, people wearing like monkey t-shirts and stuff like that. It was it become super cred again. I and think everyone thought they just imagined it. I know I did. <laughs> I know, like, because by the time I heard of it again, I was like twenty-one, and I was mm. like, "Did anyone else used to watch monkey?" And people yeah. would be like, "What are you going on about?" And you're like, yeah. "This weird monkey dude and Pigsy and a dude who might have been a cannibal. You're not quite sure." Yeah. They're like, "Man, you've that you've had one too many trips." <laughs> and then someone else would go. No, I remember it. Born on, born in, and they've got a mountain top. You're like, yeah, that's it. So I think that's it. It's like it was. It was a theory. It was. It definitely fits cult as well because what? for it to get over to Western definitely. TV. What was Pigsy's weapon was a badass, it's a wasn't it? It's it's it was a rake. Rake. Rake pretty much. What it. was what was um, the other ones? It was like oh, a, it was like a, a tall thing with like a kind of a big sort of like bendy sort of blade thing on it if I remember rightly I remember one of them I forget yeah. Pigsy's was a rake wasn't it Pigsy's one always stands out to me mm. 
I can't, I, honestly, Monkey I can't. Monkey just think, had a cane, didn't he? He had a cane. Mm. I can't remember what um, the, the River Monster dude had. No. No, I don't remember, yeah, but I mean, being ex cannibal is sort of threatening enough, isn't he? Really? Yeah, he's, 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 he's got teeth. He's got his necklace and his teeth, yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, before we get on to your number two, Christopher, do you want to throw one in the mix? Oh, well, you, you mentioned Ren and Stimpy, and that was the only one. So, my only rule here is it had to have a. Well, I had two rules. It had to have a storyline, an overarching one, remotely. I was just saying, Monkey's one didn't really it back and actually I can tell you my number one of my number ones really is one of those where they started it becoming this thing where people really demanded more of a, a theme or a thread but we'll go back to that Ren and Stimpy although it was a cartoon I still had to mention it because I just felt it was just an absolutely su superb uh, piece of work um, but what other ones have I got in here talking about Acid David Lynch Twin Peaks it's worth a, worth a mention um, yeah, I haven't seen the new version of it. I haven't, I haven't. No, yeah. no, nor me. Twin Peaks is a bit too trippy for me. Yeah. I don't know if it was a, a time in my life where I'd been exposed to certain substances and experiences and I just didn't want to go back there. No, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back, yeah. I, just yeah. I totally get that, man. I totally get that. David Leach will mess with your mind. He'll fuck, he'll fuck your shit up. How about you then, mate? I've got, I've got a long ass list here that we'll shout out later. Um, there was a thing on BBC Two called The Adventure Game uh, in the, I would imagine, the very early 80s. And it was uh, a kind of pre-Crystal Maze type game show on BBC right. Two at six o'clock. And it had a thing called The Vortex, um, where it was all set in space and sort of sci-fi and aliens. Obviously, it was a BBC, so it looked like... <laughs> It looked jank, like Blake Seven, Doctor Who kind of nonsense sets. But they had to get across this vortex. But there was also um, a, a, a talking plant in it. I can't remember what the plant was called. Do you remember the I, I don't know. And there was a guy in it that used to walk out, like, in just like a suit jacket and, 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 and just looking like a bit, of a bit of a geezer down the pub. Yeah. But he spoke backwards, fluently. Oh. And it was quite weird. Yeah. And I just remember him coming out and he'd be like, blah, 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 yeah, doogie rev, doogie rev. And he used to say very good, like, all mm. the time to, like, their answers. I remember thinking, fuck, this is... And, like, and, and that was one of the things that I just thought, I don't really know what's going on. I was very young. Mm. But it was one of them things that was just so odd, it pulls you in, right? Mm. Because when you don't understand something, you're a bit, you know, and it's... It strikes you as being weird. You want to piece it together. You, you want to, yeah. you know, you're a little bit attracted to it. And it yeah. was, yeah, it was just shit odd and it scared me a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm sure if I watched it now, it would be a load of farcical shit. But, uh, yeah, the adventure game. Good shout. Mm. Good shout, man. It's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.